welcome to I, I took, took a right, right turn. turn. And it turned out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, it did. It then did. we took a wrong turn. And it turned out right. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay. okay, this is Robert. And Rosalie. And we're here to welcome you to another episode. This is episode... I don't know. 30, <laughs> 32, I think. It's an episode. Anyway. It's episode 32. And this time you're going to get the conclusion to the book. Ah, the last chapter. Ooh, can you feel yeah. the earth shaking? <laughs> I can feel it shaking. Well, today Rosalie's going to share a scripture and then we're going to discuss it. Okay. Problem is, Rosalie doesn't know which scripture to share. <laughs> <laughs> There's a book full of them. <laughs> yeah, there is. <clears throat> and it's, I'm in Ephesians. Just know that in Ephesians 4 and 5, and I'll probably be jumping around in there. Um, but it has to do with the fact that God wants us mature. The old way has to go. Amen. Whatever our old way was, get it out of there. He means mature people. Um, in fact, the word says in verses 14 through 16, no prolonged infancies, infancies among us, please, will not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are an easy mark for imposters. God wants us to grow up to know the whole truth and tell it in love, like Christ in everything. We take our leave from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God, robust in love. Whoa! Can I cheer now? Yay! Yeah. <laughs> robust in love. Yes. Yeah. Um, amazing. So, you know, there's a time to be an infant where, you know, infants just sort of uh, suckle and cling to and learn the baby steps. You know, and there's a time for all of us when we become Christians for those baby steps. Because sometimes those giant leaps, we get lost. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So um, if you're in a baby step, enjoy your baby steps. Because <laughs> you can't stay there forever. Yeah. Well, it's one thing we used to notice, though, when we were pastoring, you know, and we would visit other churches and everything, we'd find meet people who'd been sitting in the pews for 20, 30 years and there were babes in Christ. I mean, they had no deep understanding. They had no maturity in their spirit. And we always used to go, "What's? where's the maturity? What's going on? I'll never forget the gal who came in, into the church one day. I don't know what it was we were doing, maybe pre preparing for Christmas or Easter. I don't know which. And she said she had no idea that the same Jesus that we celebrated at Christmas was the same Jesus we celebrated at Easter. Yeah, yeah. Blew my mind. Yeah. But... You know, I could have been there if it weren't for my upbringing and knowing that it was the same one. I, I can see that. And I imagine that's going on out there today in the world like crazy. Who's Jesus? Yeah. You, know, you mean there's a whole storyline that goes with that? Yeah. Really? Wow. So, yeah. Well, think about the churches. Like we encountered churches where they were preaching like not Jesus and him crucified, the Christ experience. And everyone could have become the Christ after they've had the Christ experience. And 
nothing about the crucifixion, nothing about resurrection, nothing about that. As a matter of fact, even had a pastor tell us, if you have to believe in a physical uh, resurrection, right. your faith isn't strong enough. Right. You know, so think about people who grow up in churches like that. They're not being taught. You know, they're not being taught. How can they mature? I don't know. We turned our back on him and left that church <laughs> pretty rapidly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, then God goes on to say, uh, and so I insist, and this is, oh, and God backs me up on this, that there be no going along with the crowd. I'm in verses 19, verse 19 in ch of chapter 4. There'll be no going along with the crowd, the empty-minded, mindless crowd. They've refused for so long to deal with God that they've lost touch not only with God, but with reality itself. Oh, oh, I have to tell you, I see it all the time today, losing touch with reality. Well, it just hit me today, the thought, as a matter of fact, I shared it on Facebook today, reality isn't a democracy. You don't get to vote for what reality is. Whatever you think it is, whatever you want it to be, reality is reality. Amen. You know, and it's, you know, like you said, it's the mindless crowd that's going along. The, think about the, the world today. You don't want to be a boy? Yeah, be a girl. You don't want to, you know, you don't want this, you don't want that. You know, you know do anything you want to do, you know. You got all these different things going on. People just decide what it is and make it what they want it to be. Yeah, I know. It's so, I, I know I'm not supposed to judge, and I'm not judging. I guess I'm judging myself more than anything because it makes me sick. Yeah. It just makes me sick. I, I can't wrap my arms around it and say, oh, that's so good. I'm glad that you, you were born a boy, but you really want to be a girl, so you go right on and do what you got to do to be a girl. I, I don't, I, I can't. I can't go there. Yeah. And it's okay. I'm not yeah. going to make people put me in a corner and slap me around because I can't go along with it. No, no, we can't, you know, to condone so much that's going on today is like, you know, being in Sodom and Gomorrah and say, well, you know, that's just the way it is. It's all right. You know, because we're in the depths of depravity everywhere you look. And the society now is just saying, oh, I'm okay, you're okay, everything's good, you know, mm -hmm. be the way you want to be. Mm -hmm. There's right and wrong. There is. Black and white, right and wrong. And no matter how we were, I mean, even if we were raised to be that way and grew up thinking that way, once we come to the Lord, we have to realize, wait a minute, God shows us in His Word objective reality mm -hmm. from His perspective Amen. and tells us what is right and what is wrong. Correct. And that's where we have to get rid of the old thing mm -hmm. and hold on to the new. Well, this Bible is a guidebook, Amen. that's for sure. You know, I read uh, about how um, empty-headed, mindless crowd, and but it goes on to say, because it, and it's, I ended by saying, but not only with God, but with reality itself. They're not in touch with reality itself. But then it says they can't think straight anymore, feeling no pain, they let themselves go in sexual obsession, addicted to every sort of perversion. I think once you fall into one perversion, it's be so easy to fall into another. Yeah. And the thing with perversions is like drugs. 
the more you do, the more it takes to get off. Uh-huh. You know, because you, you need more and more and more, or more kinkier, wilder. You know, it just keeps getting more and more. More and more and more. Um, and the one I'm going down to verse 24, I think it is. Our, our Bibles don't have big, bold numbers, so it's hard to know. Um, uh, let's see. This What this adds up to, then, is this. No more lies. No more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all, we're all connected to each other, after all. When you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. Amen. Oh, I've done that. I've done it. I've been a liar. I have to, I confess, many, many years ago, but I was a liar. And uh, you know what? It's not comfortable. I didn't realize it at the time. It was always somebody else that was wrong. Wasn't yeah. me. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> couldn't have been me. I didn't do that. You know, and if you were, you'd lie about it. <laughs> you know? Exactly. That's it. You know. And, exactly. You know, it's like I always think you don't have to teach a baby or a child to lie. It comes natural. Uh-huh. It's part of the the fallen nature to lie. You know, and then there are some people their whole life is a lie, and if you're living a lie, even if you believe it, that doesn't make it true. That's right. Amen. That's right. We can convince ourselves it is. And I want to end this is in uh, chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Mostly what God does is love you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. Amen. Oh, I love that verse. Amen. I love that word. Not cautious, but extravagant. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to love extravagantly, just like the Lord did. Amen. Well, thank you, Rosalie. Well, you're welcome, Robert. <laughs> and now what we're going to do, we're going to share one of our homegrown songs with you. We tell you which one it is, but we're not sure yet. <laughs> so, so get ready. Here comes uh, one of our songs.
Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> I love my husband so much every day of the week. The Valentine's Day almost gets in the way. Oh, really? Uh, Me too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, why would I need a special day to love my wife? I don't know. I don't. And that's and God doesn't need that from us either. We don't need to have a special day to love God just no. on Sundays. No, and He loves us every day. Every day. And the every same day. amount. Extravagantly. Extravagantly. <laughs> you know, no matter, and that, you know what's so great about that is he loves us when we're at our best, and he loves us just as much when we're at our worst. It's hard to fathom that. It is, and he saved us when there was no good in us at all. No reason to save us. Yeah, yeah. So we hope you like that song. We yes. still don't know which song it, it was, but... <laughs> We'll get there. We're going to get there. <laughs> but uh hope you enjoyed it. And now we're going to read a chapter. <gasps> the, here it is, y'all. Here the, it is. The final is. chapter of America's Trojan War. Yes. The big reveal. You know, we hope you're ready for this. I hope you enjoy it. And remember, when you're done, though it may seem like it's over, it ain't over. There are four, four more, more books, books that <laughs> tell the rest of the story, as Paul Howard used to say. Uh -huh. And you can get them all at Amazon. Just go on there and in the search engine, put in America's Trojan War, and then you have to put in Dr. Robert Owens after that, or they won't pull it up. That's, that's a special deal. Yes. And uh, so we hope you enjoy it. And here's the chapter. Chapter 32. All the king's horses and all the king's men. Believing that continuity trumps constitutionality, the advisors and bureaucrats who were creating the Bryan administration on the fly counseled the new president not to repudiate the legality of what Patricia Parker had accomplished during the invasion of America. Instead, they counseled the new president that new circumstances required new reaction. They quickly moved to have their per perennial supporters in the corporations once known as the mainstream media bury any further mention of the incarnation of Peter Bryan by President Bryan. They scrubbed the internet of any previous mention from a major source. Then they counseled him to validate the one-day reign of Patricia Parker by confirming her appointments in the military realm and by getting behind the actions they had taken to assault ISIS worldwide 
so that he could get in front of the parade and make sure that the next winds go in the Bryan column. If he knew how to do anything, he knew how to do what his consultants, advisors, and staff told him to do. He had spent his entire adult life immersed in Washington politics. He had been a legislative aide, a staffer, and a speechwriter. He did have a one-year-long hiatus from government employment as a marketing consultant in a family-owned business so he could say he came from the private sector when he ran for Congress the first time. When he was first elected, he became the youngest man to have ever served as a representative in the House. At his first national address as president, Peter Bryan stood behind a podium with the seal of the President of the United States on it. He was in front of a backdrop, the color of the blue in our flag, with the word president over and over repeated in white stars. They were walls of American flags on the edges of the platform. Behind him stood General Javitsky, Chief of Staff of the Air Force, Admiral Davis, Chief of Naval Operations, General Ogden, Commander of the Marine Corps, General Wilson, Chief of the National Guard Bureau, and General Rick Stamper, the Supreme Commander at the Battle of Washington. As all America listened, the new president looking directly into the camera as he read from his teleprompter, my fellow Americans, I come before you tonight as your new president. We all mourn the passage and the, of President Obonio and so many others in our government. I promise you I will honor my oath to uphold and protect the Constitution, and I will work tirelessly to enrich and fulfill the American dream of limited government, personal liberty, and economic opportunity for all people. Never before has America been assaulted in such a massive way. Never since the War of 1812 has an enemy touched the inner sanctum of America, Washington, D.C. First, the news. All the battles fought on American soil yesterday were victories. Here in Washington, in the four towns that were briefly taken by the ISIS savages, along our highways and byways, in countless other places across the continent. In each and every place, due to the heroism of our American forces and the willingness of our people to become citizen soldiers, we have prevailed. In each and every place, the enemy has been defeated. Peace has been restored. And once again, we stand united in the face of unprovoked aggression and determined to fight through to ultimate victory, the final and everlasting defeat of worldwide terrorism. Yesterday was the day beyond infamy. Yesterday, America was assaulted by the cowardly assassins of a corrupt ideology. These savages who have hijacked a religion of peace and who have nothing to do with true Islam perpetrated the greatest crime in the history of the world. They used our own generosity against us. Under the guise of refugees, snuck in to become a dagger in our heart and to prove to them that we are not afraid and we will not be changed by their cowardly attacks, we will not only continue our refugee program, we will double the number of refugees we accept from Syria. Today, tens of thousands mourn the loss of beloved family members, close friends, and neighbors. We all mourn the loss of President Obonio. 
the vice president, and so many other martyred leaders. We mourn the loss of President Patricia Parker, whose administration, though it may have been short, will live forever in the annals of American leadership and in the hearts and minds of all who owe her a tremendous debt of gratitude. She stepped up, restored the chain of command, and led us to victory. We all mourn the loss of tens of thousands of our innocent countrymen, and as we grieve, a steely resolve has entered our bones, a resolve to avenge this horrendous attack, to bring down all the might of the United States and its many allies upon the head of this vicious snake that tries to masquerade as a caliphate, a resolve to not allow this assault by barbarians within our gates to change us, to make us turn our backs on what America has always stood for, resolved to move forward with firm steps on our progressive journey to a better world. With these resolves clearly in sight and deep within our hearts, first of all, I declare a 30-day period of national mourning. However, this call for national mourning while we will most assuredly reflect on all that has happened, we must make sure that as an open and pluralistic society, we do not allow any anti-American sentiments of Islamophobia to mar the honor of our fallen. I urge all Americans to remember that Islam is a religion of peace and that ISIL, the criminals, have nothing to do with true Islam. Second. I declare America's commitment to adhere to and enforce the protocols of the Paris Agreement on our way to a realistic plan to save our nation from the impending doom of global warming. The rising seas and choking air of our dying world are one of the prime causes of terrorism. There is no more courageous thing we can do than build a sustainable green world where all mankind can live in peace. Third. In order to maintain order, I am issuing an executive order declaring martial law. Later today, every network and every broadcast and internet outlet in this country will transmit the new regulations and penalties designed to keep us safe. If you have any questions, you will be able to report to your local police stations. They will explain everything you will need to know. Fourth, to kickstart the economy, and to fight inflation after this tremendous shock, I'm issuing an executive order directing the Federal Reserve to immediately make $2 trillion available for the rebuilding of our infrastructure. Fifth, since this is obviously the greatest example that has ever occurred of domestic gun violence, and since we can no longer wait for Congress to pass common sense gun control that go beyond the actions taken by President Abogno, I am issuing an executive order instituting common sense gun control for a modern era. The new regulations require all private gun owners to surrender their weapons to their local police officials. They will have 30 days to do so. Any civilian found in possession of a weapon after that date will be guilty of a felony. The penalties for the guilty, as well as for anyone who participates in the concealment of any weapons will include confiscation of any property on which the weapons are found, confiscatory fines, and mandatory jail time of not more than 20 and not less than 10 years. Finally, turning to foreign affairs and our vigorous response to this unprovoked attack, 
Our armed forces are at this moment entering Mexico. They will destroy any ISIS training camps, capture or kill any cartel members, and obliterate their facilities. In the Mideast, acting in conjunction with our many allies, including Russia and Iran, we are advancing into Syria from multiple fronts. The enemy capital of Raqqa has been carpet-bombed into oblivion. Every terrorist training camp and every known terrorist formation has been hit by our air and naval forces. The remaining forces of ISIL, animals, are concentrating near a town north of Damascus. There they will be encircled and destroyed. This battle is shaping up as I speak. I anticipate that by tomorrow I will once again be before you to announce the overwhelming of our forces at the victory and of the battle of Diera. May all of you rest easy tonight knowing that your government is taking action to save the planet, enforce common sense gun control, and punish our enemies. And may God bless the United States of America. All the battles fought on American soil were declared to be victories. No American felt victorious. Our freedoms had been assaulted, our people had been killed, but we were told we should rest easy. At the end of the day, to end all days, one empty suit replaced another empty suit. He has comforted us by invoking the progressive incantation. I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. May God bless the United States of America. Hello again. <laughs> you'll never tire of us. You'll no. never get rid of us. You might tire of us, <laughs> but you'll never get and rid of us. And even if you don't tune in, we're going to be here. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We're going to keep on talking. <laughs> Anyhow, um, we just wanted to once again mention the fact that it is a Valentine's Day week and we pray that you experience God's extravagant love in a special way this week and Amen. always actually. Amen. And even if you don't have a special someone, you're a special someone to God. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So we hope you enjoyed the song, whatever it was. We hope you enjoyed the final chapter of the book. Mm -hmm. And we want to share with you, too, that you can uh, send us a message. If you go to itookarightturn.com and click on Contact, you know, there's a form you can fill out and send us anything you want. You know, we'd love to hear from you. Any suggestions or comments or questions, you know, anything. Yes. And uh, also like to tell you, you can go to uh, theparadoxshop.com and you send us a message. We'll tell you how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> that's our that's our online art store where you can see all the paintings that Rosalie and I do that are available for sale as prints, limited editions, and originals, and also in merchandise cups and all Home kinds of things. Yes. Whatever you want. Yeah. So we're glad you tuned in with us and come back next week. Next week is going to be the final episode of season two. And it's going to be special. It's going to be one like none of the other episodes. And it's going to be just for you. <laughs> <laughs> and you, and you, and you. Yeah.